Hello, podcast world. This is Anda, and this is the first episode of Might Be Anda Something. (laughs) I could make puns with my name for ages, so this one just seemed to make sense. I am here because I've been feeling the pull for a really long time to share a lot of stories But in typical fashion, I think that we tend to be our own worst enemy at times. And with that comes that voice that talks us out of doing new things that we might completely suck at. And I am definitely the victim of my own doing when it comes to that for so long, but I was thinking after listening to a recent podcast episode that was really, really helpful, and I was wondering what it would have been had I not heard that information, and I bet that person also at one point thought, you know, who the heck wants to hear all this? But they did it, and I was one of those people that needed to hear it. So with that, here I am. I'd like to share some of my experiences, not to prove anything, not to convince anybody of anything, but merely to share them in case they resonate and land somewhere else like the story that I heard on the podcast episode from the other day. With that being said, a little bit about me. I I was born and raised in Romania and Transylvania, and I grew up during communism until the age of seven. Um, I don't remember a lot I talk to friends about drawing parallels with those times or sharing stories that might feel really dramatic. I don't go into a lot of traumatic experiences. I have interesting ones. I have colorful stories, but I don't have a lot that I feel <laughs> traumatized by. I feel like at some point I'd like to, I'm sorry, that's my dog in the background. I feel like at some point I would like to go into a little bit more depth, maybe dedicate an episode to talking about that. But for the purpose of this mini intro, I think that's, I think that covers it. After... Communism fell in Romania. I had my life shifted very drastically. My parents are both computer engineers, and my dad is a very entrepreneurial guy, and he his business took off. Our lives changed dramatically after those years, and with those came an overwhelming amount of opportunities which to me tend to be pretty debilitating at times. 
I ended up falling in love with storytelling and part of my studies, I studied a lot of languages growing up. We had the opportunity to study German as a secondary, actually studied it as a native language. Um, Romanian, obviously, my native um, English came in later, French and Italian, fifth and ninth grade. But I found a deep connection with German and combining storytelling in German, I went down a path of writing a lot. And we have this um, thing in Romania and parts of Europe, it's called Olympiada. And it's basically this um, national contest that starts on a school level, then it goes to a city, um, county, state, national, and uh, there's definitely a variety of categories for, as far as like the, the disciplines, or I don't even know if that's the right word, that um, you can compete in. And it could be math, it could be chemistry, it could be any of the sciences, right? And I was a participant in the German, basically free writing category. And got to the point where I was really fueled by the opportunity to get this, um, just this space to come up with stories and have them land and have them read and have people experience them. The way these stories were set up, um, you would get at the beginning of the the session, right, the, the competing session, you would get a quote or an image or a sentence and you'd had to build a story around that. And somehow the moment I'd get that little parameter, I would see this entire story around it and it would just flow out of me. That feels like a part of very, um, it, it feels like creative freedom. But like we like to do in this world, it eventually had to be put in a box. And after winning, actually placed, I think, third, or second or third in the national level, which granted me a paid scholarship to a language-related university. I decided to use that to get into a translation and interpreting program in Cluj in my hometown from a very well-respected university and I had morphed my my ability and my, my storytelling <laughs> um, skills and my love for the German language. I morphed it into thinking that I'd, I'd like to end up being a translator for the European Union or an ambassador of some sorts because it needed to be put in a box. I ended up studying English as my third language, which I was horrible at. I barely even made it into the program because I barely got a passing grade. 
on a 1 to 10 scale um, in Romania, I got a 5 in English. Um, so barely, <laughs> barely allowed me to get in. And like a good girl, I've studied all of those, all the years, got my grades, got a pretty good GPA, and then met a boy and moved to California. And all of that work led to nothing. <laughs> I tried for a few years to make German and Romanian work in this environment, but I just couldn't really find my footing. I didn't really feel so lit up by being a translator or using them in any other way. And I kind of gave up on them as a career. I think the idea of using German and Romanian in that context pretty much ended the moment I moved to California. And a few years into living here, I got the corporate job that, you know, here, here I am with another box, got the corporate job that I was guided into getting that was not fulfilling. And the moment it ended unexpectedly on a Friday morning during a massive layover episode, I think there was about 200 of us that got laid, uh, it off. <laughs> I sometimes don't find my words in English. Uh, so during this massive episode of uh, layoffs, I was first. Wanda Ambrosini, there I am, AA at the beginning of the alphabetical order. And that was my first grown up rock bottom, to put it that way. I think I was about 25, 25-ish, learning to function in a new on a new continent that I had moved for to be with um, the person I loved and got hit by this reality. And I got my first severance pay, which I didn't even know was a thing. And I didn't know what to do with it. And somehow, I have no idea why, because I had no reference up until that point in life that I would even be remotely interested in it. I felt the draw to go to a Ritz camera store. I can tell you now what possessed me to do that. But I did, and that was, in ways, the beginning of unfolding one part of me that I didn't even know was there. And when I was thinking about that story today, it's actually what convinced me in ways to even launch this podcast, because when I started... I was so excited. <laughs> it makes me laugh because it's ridiculous to look at the images that I was proud of and 
Instagram was a thing at that point, and <laughs> I remember I was too shy to even post on there because I would see people's posts, and they had all these filters, and I was kind of discouraged that I didn't even know how to use those. And I can confidently say at this point, though I'm not in any way making a living off photography, it's not necessarily um, successful financial portal for me, but it is something that I come back to over and over again for that heart that heart refill. It, um, I think I can confidently say that I love my photography. I love the feeling I get from sharing it, and it's it's doing what it it's, it was meant to do. It, I think it's fulfilling that spot in my heart that it needed to, and. I did put pressure on it for a while to pay the bills and I followed every formula and I went to every workshop and bought all the books on how others did it and how others are turning it into a successful business and at one point I just had to give myself permission to stop putting that pressure on it and then just enjoy it for what it is when projects come they do and I love them and I appreciate them and their products and people that I resonate with that I believe in that I want to not just have in my portfolio but in my life which makes them not you know it's it's a quality over over quantity type of thing and I'm okay with that but the parallel that I drew today in comparing starting this podcast with my photography is that when I would look at photographers that I was discouraged comparing myself to, right? I would look at all these portfolios. So I've been doing this. My camera, my Ritz camera moment was in 2008. 2021 right now so going on almost 13 years but when I started I would look at portfolios of other photographers and one of the things that was the most helpful for me not their courses not their workshops not their speeches and YouTube tutorials but it was scrolling back down their Instagram feed as far as I could go, as far as they had posts back to 20, who knows, 2012 or earlier or, you know, 2004, and seeing that they also had at some point filters and some awkward posing you know, people in front of their lens, maybe they just didn't know how to direct or maybe whatever it was. And it just made me feel like there was hope for mine. 
if you don't know what my photography looks like, I am, I'll post a link to my Instagram if it's still up or to my website. Um, so you can kind of get a, a visual reference. I don't have the images going back um, for years. The way that my feed starts was with the first film images I shot. And I think that was 2016-ish. 2015. I have to check. But basically, I... Um, I felt that was really, really helpful to see that. And I haven't really found that in the podcast world. I feel like every episode I've listened to felt really well done and professional and discouraging in ways because I felt so far from knowing how to do all those things, from having the right equipment, from knowing how to produce and all those things, knowing even who to reach out to right now. But I decided, you know what, whenever I hit that in my photography career and felt that I just didn't have the right lens or the right camera body or the right gear or the right software, I still kept shooting and I kept trying to find ways to love where I was at and continue to strive for the next phase of growth and looked forward to the day that I would be able to have a certain lens or a certain camera and I'm applying that now to this world, to the world of podcasts. And I, I realized that this might never <laughs> go anywhere. This might just end up staying on my computer for my ears if I ever want to listen to it. That's a possibility. But there's also a possibility that it's the beginning for something and it could also be a good reference for someone else maybe who would like to start and they feel like where they start is not good enough compared to what's already out there. So that is where I want to wrap up the comparison and the intro to what I do and a bit about my childhood. Very little, I guess. But I wanted to start with those little seeds of who I am and use this time that I have right now during the quarantine and everything we're experiencing in 2021. I'm pretty sure that if you're listening to this, you're <laughs> you know what we're going through so I don't need to explain that but I was thinking the other day I was drawing a parallel between what we're experiencing now with some of the restrictions and freedoms being taken away and it made me think a lot about my childhood and like I said there weren't a lot of traumas that I'm 
I'm bringing up to the surface to compare to what's going on, but what parallel drew my attention was the fact that we were so resourceful and so creative, and I learned so much from my grandma and my mom and um, the community that we had and my dad and my other family. <laughs> um, as far as what we did with the resources we did have, I don't remember focusing or hearing them complain about the things we didn't. We didn't have internet and social media platforms that constantly displayed so many shiny things and so many things that were not and so many places that we're not able to travel to and so many lives that we don't have. And for that reason, for not having millions of things to compare our situation to, we focused on what we did have. And with what we did have, what we can do, right? So we had, my grandma had this tiny little patch of dirt in her concrete backyard. I might, if I end up posting this on my blog, I might accompany it with some pictures for a mental image, but she grew vegetables and flowers and there was a couple fruit trees and a couple chickens and one pig and all these coupled with the rations that we did get assigned to our family, we made it work and I, I've had some of the most I mean, I'm sure a lot of us think about our childhood with that melancholy, but I've had some of the best memories and best meals and that I can remember. And it was all made with what was available. And not one time was did somebody point out what that meal was lacking or what that jar of fermented vegetables should have also included. And I feel that's been a really important theme for me during this time too. As a little update, the boy that I had moved to the States with, I mean with and for, um, we were married for 13 years almost. We went our separate ways about three years ago. I'd like to schedule an episode on that coming up because it was a very beautiful experience even the ways we the way we parted ways but we did go our separate ways and I found myself during the 2020 um 2021 we'll see wherever we'll be in the future <laughs> I found myself during this phase alone I've been single for well, going on three years now. Um, I don't have any family in the States. Everybody's still back in Romania. There's travel restrictions. I can't travel back to Romania right now, even though I tried to close this chapter and was going to completely relocate. I'm 
facing some travel restrictions and so I find myself I don't want to say stuck I just found myself here for now and drawing that parallel with my childhood has given me a lot to think about and it's something I'm still sitting with and it's that question with what I do have what am I building it's uh, it's been an interesting thing to sit with because I felt like I don't have anything to stand on as far as being a speaker and having a platform where I share this because I'm not in my dream relationship yet. I'm not currently swimming in financial <laughs> abundance to where I can talk about that. In many different ways, I'm not in a position to preach, but I'm not here to preach. I'm here to, to share this phase and this question and the questions that might come up that make me reflect and make me reconsider what I'm looking at. And instead of looking at Instagram and all the platforms out there and compare myself to all the things I'm not at this time, I'm going back to that childhood feeling of making it work with what was there. And like I said, reflecting on that question with what I do have, what am I building? And for me right now, this means I have a lot of time that led me to restructuring my day in a way that made me feel like I, I have a little bit more control over my environment. I'm somebody who deeply, deeply despised discipline. I, I saw it as punishment and I wanted freedom, which to me meant freedom to choose whatever I want to do during the day which then led to a complete chaotic schedule and at the end of the day I'd find myself feeling like I hadn't accomplished anything that I wanted. And then after days and months and years of looking back of nothing accumulating in ways, who was to blame? <laughs> Only me. So the switch for me when I sat down and not during you know a New Year's resolution list not during a hangover where I was like oh, I'm never doing this again from here on I'm just gonna live my days like this it didn't come in a low point because you might have heard that saying right it was like don't make promises when you're me right now about something about making promises when you're happy or decisions when you're when you're down and so it's not it didn't come as a form of punishment after a hangover or as part of some brand new new year new me thing um, it came during a moment of clarity and, and centeredness where I sat with myself and said you know what what do I want this ideal day to look like? And 
maybe if I gave this enough time of one plus one plus one plus one adding up, maybe I could see what changes. Maybe nothing changes. Could be. But maybe something does. So I do have time. I have sometimes more time in the day than I know what to do with. I consciously fill it up with some crap and sometimes unconsciously. But I feel like having a structure could be helpful. And so far it's been adding up pretty well because one of the things that I had put on my list was to sit down when I had the time to record a podcast. And here I am. So maybe part of it is working. <laughs> I'll um, leave the update for the uh, physical transformation for a later time because so far it's still in progress. <laughs> but yeah, so I think this is all I want to share for today. And I'll go sit with my question. I invite you to do the same if you feel like that's that could add to the life that you want to build for yourself with what you have right now, whatever that is, whatever those resources are that are available right now, whether they're time, relationships, money, skills, gifts, whatever it is, painting, I don't know, you, you know better, you know yourself better than I do, so with what you do have, what can you build? That is my question for you and for myself today, and I will leave you with that. Thank you for being here, not just on the podcast, but on the planet right now. Thank you for being you, and thank you for all that you add to this magical ride that we're all on. Have a great day, everyone.